0: part two chapter six of en route by jory karl Heismanns, translated by charles keegan paul this librivox recording is in the public domain no said durtal in a whisper i will not take the place of these good people but i assure you it is quite the same to them and while durtal was still refusing to go before the lay brothers who were waiting their turn for confession father etienne insisted i will stay with you and as soon as the cell is free you will enter durtal was then on the landing of a staircase on every step of which was posted a brother kneeling or standing his head wrapped in his hood his face turned to the wall all were sifting and closely examining their souls of what sins can they really accuse themselves thought durtal who knows he continued perceiving brother Anacletus, his head sunk on his breast and his hands joined who knows if he does not reproach himself for the discreet affection he has for me for in monasteries all friendship is forbidden and he called to memory in the way of perfection of saint theresa a page at once glowing and icy in which she cries out on the nothingness of human ties declares that friendship is a weakness and asserts clearly that every nun who desires to see her relations is imperfect come said father essien who interrupted these reflections and pushed him towards the door of the cell out of which a monk came father maximin was there seated close to prie dieu durtal knelt and told him briefly his scruples and strifes of the evening before what has happened to you is not surprising after a conversion indeed it is a good sign for those persons alone for whom god has views are submitted to these proofs said the monk slowly when durtal had ended his story And he continued, Now that you have no more grave sins, the demon endeavours to drown you by spitting at you. In fact, in these episodes of malice at bay, there is for you temptation and no sin. You have, if I may sum up what you have said, undergone temptation of the flesh and of faith, and you have been tortured by scruples. Let us leave on one side the sensual visions. Such as they have been were produced independently of your will, painful, no doubt, but ineffectual, doubts about faith are more dangerous steep yourself in this truth that besides prayer there exists but one efficacious remedy against this evil to despise it satan is pride despise him and at once his audacity gives way he speaks shrug your shoulders and he is silent you must not discuss with him however good a reasoner you may be you will be worsted for he is a most tricky dialectician yes but what can i do I do not wish to listen to him but i hear him all the same i was obliged to answer him if only to refute him and it was just on that that he counted to subdue you keep this carefully in your mind in order to let you give him an easy throw he will present you at need grotesque arguments and so soon as he sees you confident simply satisfied with the excellence of your replies he will involve you in sophisms so specious that you will fight in vain to solve them no i repeat to you had you the best reasons to oppose to him do not riposte refuse the strife the prior was silent then he began again quietly there are two ways of getting rid of a thing which troubles you to throw it far away or let it fall to throw it to a distance demands an effort of which one may not be capable to let it fall imposes no fatigue is simple without danger within the reach of all to throw to a distance implies again a certain interest a certain animation perhaps even a certain fear to let it fall is indifference complete contempt believe me use this means and satan will fly this weapon of contempt will also be all-powerful to conquer the assault of scruples if in combats of this nature the person assailed sees clear unfortunately the peculiarity of scruples is to alarm people to make them lose at once the clearing breeze And then it is indispensable to have recourse to a priest to defend oneself indeed pursued the monk who had interrupted himself a moment to think the closer one looks the less one sees one becomes short-sighted the moment one observes it is necessary to place oneself at a certain point of view to distinguish objects for when they are very close they become as confused as if they were far therefore in such a case we must have recourse to the confessor who is neither too distant nor too near who holds himself precisely at the spot where objects detach themselves in their relief only it is with scruples as with certain maladies which when they are not taken in time become almost incurable do not allow them then to become implanted in you scruple cannot resist being told as soon as it begins the moment you formulate it before the priest it dissolves it is a kind of mirage which a word effaces you will object to me continued the monk after a silence that it is very mortifying to avow delusions which generally are absurd but it is for this very reason that the demon suggests to you less clever arguments than foolish he takes hold of you thus by vanity by false shame the monk was silent again then he continued scruples not treated scruples not cured lead to discouragement which is the worst of temptations For in other cases Satan attacks one virtue only in particular, and he shows himself, while in this case he attacks all at once, and he hides himself. And this is so true that if you are seduced by lust, by the love of money, or by pride, you can, in examining yourself, give yourself account of the nature of the temptation which exhausts you. In discouragement, on the contrary, your understanding is obscured to such a degree that you do not even suspect that the state in which you succumb is only a diabolic maneuver which you must combat and you let go all you give up the only arm which can save you prayer from which the demon turns you aside as a vain thing never hesitate then to cut the evil at its root to take care of a scruple as soon as it is born now tell me you have nothing else to confess no except the indesire for the eucharist the languor in which i now faint there is some fatigue in your case for no one can endure such a shock with impunity Do not be uneasy about that have confidence do not attempt to present yourself before god all neat and trim go to him simply naturally in undress even just as you are do not forget that if you are a servant you are also a son have good courage our lord will dispel all these nightmares and when he had received absolution durtal went down to the church to await the hour of mass And when the moment for communion came he followed monsieur bruno behind the lay brothers all were kneeling on the pavement and one after the other rose to exchange the kiss of peace and reach the altar though he repeated to himself the counsels of father maximin though he exhorted himself to dismiss all his unrest durtal could not help thinking as he saw these monks approach the table the lord will find a change when i advance in my turn having descended into the sanctuaries He will be reduced to visit hovel and sincerely humbly he was sorry for him and as the first time that he approached this peace-giving mystery he experienced a sensation of stifling as if his heart were too large when he returned to his place as soon as the mass was over he quitted the chapel and escaped into the park then gently without sensible effects the sacrament worked christ opened little by little his closed house and gave it air light entered into durtal in a flood from the windows of his senses which had looked till then into he knew not what cesspool into what enclosure dank and steeped in shadow he now looked suddenly through a burst of light on a vista which lost itself in heaven his vision of nature was modified the surroundings were transformed the fog of sadness which visited them vanished the sudden clearness of his soul was repeated in its surroundings he had the sensation of expansion the almost childlike joy of a sick man who takes his first outing of the convalescent who having long crawled in a chamber sets foot without all grew young again these alleys this wood through which he had wandered so much which he began to know in all their windings and in every corner began to appear to him in a new aspect A restrained joy, a repressed gladness emanated from this sight, which appeared to him, instead of extending as formerly, to draw near and gather round the crucifix, to turn, as it were, with attention towards the liquid cross. The trees rustled trembling in a whisper of prayers, inclining towards the Christ, who no longer twisted his painful arms in the mirror of the pool, but he constrained these waters and displayed them before him, blessing them. They were themselves different the dark fluid was covered with monastic visions in white robes which the reflections of clouds left there in passing and the swan scattered them in a splash of sunlight making as he swam great oily circles round him one might have said that these waves were gilt by the oil of the catechumens and the sacred chrism which the church exorcises on the saturday of holy week and above them heaven half opened its tabernacle of clouds out of which came a clear sun like a monstrance of molten gold in a blessed sacrament of flames It was a benediction of nature a genuflection of trees and flowers singing in the wind incensing with their perfume the sacred bread which shone on high in the flaming custody of the planet durtal looked on in transport he desired to cry aloud his enthusiasm and his faith to the landscape he felt a joy in living the horror of existence counted for nothing when there were such moments as no earthly happiness can give god alone had the power of thus filling a soul of making it overflow and rush in floods of joy and he alone could also fill the basin of sorrows as no event in this world could do durtal had just tried it his spiritual sufferings and joys attained under the divine imprint an acuteness which people most humanly happy or unhappy cannot even suspect this idea brought him back to the terrible distresses of the evening before he endeavoured to sum up what he had been able to observe of himself in this trappist monastery first the clear distinction between body and soul then the action of the demon insinuating and obstinate almost visible while the heavenly action remained on the contrary dull and veiled appeared only at certain moments and seemed at others to vanish forever and all this when felt and understood had an appearance simple in itself but scarcely explaining itself The body, appearing to throw itself forward to the rescue of the soul, and no doubt borrowing from it its will, to help it when it fainted, was unintelligible. How a body could itself react obscurely, and yet show, all at once, so strong a decision that it pressed its companion into a vice, and prevented its flight! It is as mysterious as the rest, thought Durtal, and as in a dream he continued, The secret action of Jesus in his sacrament is not less strange. If I may judge by what has happened to me, A first communion exasperates the action of the devil while a second represses it ah and how i put myself in line with all my calculations in taking shelter here i thought myself pretty sure of my soul and that my body would trouble me whereas just the contrary has been the case my stomach has grown vigorous and shown itself fit to support an effort of which i should never have thought it capable and my soul has been below everything vacillating and dry so fragile so feeble but we will let all that alone." He walked about, lifted from earth by a confused joy. He grew vaporized in a sort of intoxication, in a vague etherization, in which arose, without his even thinking of formulating words, acts of thanksgiving. It was an effort of thanks of his soul, of his body, of his whole being, to that God whom he felt living in him, and diffused in that kneeling landscape which also seemed to expand in mute hymns of gratitude the hour which struck by the clock in the portico reminded him it was breakfast-time he went to the guest-house cut himself a slice of bread and butter with some cheese drank half a glass of wine and was about to go out again when he reflected that the horary of the officers was changed they must be different from those of the week, he thought and he went up into his cell to consult his placards he found only one that of the rule of the monks themselves which contained the regulations for the sunday practices for the cloister and he read Exercises of the community for all ordinary Sundays morning one rise little office prayer till one hundred thirty two Grand Canonical Office chanted five thirty Prime Morning Mass six 6.00. o'clock six forty five chapter instructions Great Silence nine fifteen Asperges Tierce Procession ten. High Mass eleven ten Sext and Special Examination. Eleven thirty, Angelus dinner, twelve fifteen siesta, great silence, evening, two end of repose None four vespers and benediction, five forty five quarter of an hour for prayer, six supper, seven reading before compline, seven fifteen compline, seven thirty salve Angelus, seven forty five examination of conscience and retreat. Eight bedtime great silence note after the cross of september no siesta nonne is at two o'clock vespers at three supper at five compline at six and bedtime at seven durtal copied this rule for his use on a scrap of paper in fact he said to himself i have to be in chapel at nine fifteen for asperges high mass and the office of sext afterwards at two for nonne then at four for vespers and benediction and lastly at seven thirty for complinet here is a day which will be occupied without counting that i got up at half-past two this morning he concluded and when he reached the chapel about nine o'clock he found the greater part of the lay brothers on their knees the others saying their rosary and when the clock struck all returned to their place assisted by two fathers in cowls the prior vested in a white alb entered and while the antiphon Asperges me hisopo et mundabor was sung all the monks in succession defiled before father maximin standing on the steps turning his back to the altar and he sprinkled them with holy water while they regained their stalls each making the sign of the cross then the prior descended from the altar and came to the entrance to the vestibule where he dispersed the water crosswise traced by the sprinkler over the oblate and over durtal. At last he vested and went to celebrate the sacrifice. Then Durtal was able to think over his Sundays at the Benedictine nuns. The Kyrie eleison was the same but slower and more sonorous, more grave on the prolonged termination of the last word. At Paris the voices of the nuns drew it out and put a gloss on it at the same time, turned into satin its final sound, rendered it less dull, less spaced, less ample. The Gloria in excelsis differed. That of la trappe was more primitive more mounting more sombre interesting by its very barbarism but less touching for in its forms of adoration in the adoramus te for example the te did not detach itself did not drop like a tear of amorous essence like an avowal retained by humility on the tip of the lips but it was when the credo arose that durtal could uplift himself at ease he had never yet heard it so authoritative and so imposing it advanced Chanted in unison, developing its slow procession of dogmas in sounds well furnished and rigid, of a violet almost obscure, a red almost black, growing lighter towards the end till it expired in a long and plaintive amen. In following the Cistercian office, Durtal could recognize the morsels of plain chant still preserved in parish masses. All the part of the canon, the Sursum Corda, the Vere Dignum, the Antiphons, the Pater, remained intact only the sanctus and the agnus dei were changed massive built up as it were in the roman style they draped themselves in the colour glowing and dull which clothes in fact the officers of la trappe well said the oblate when after the ceremony they sat at the table of the refectory well what do you think of our high mass it is superb answered durtal and he said dreamily would that one would have the whole complete to bring here instead of this uninteresting chapel the apse of saint-severin hang on the walls the pictures of fra angelico memling grunewald gérard david roger van de veyden add to these admirable sculptures such as those of the great door of chartres altar screens of sculptured wood such as those of the cathedral of amiens what a dream yet he went on after a silence this dream has been a reality it is evident This ideal church existed for ages everywhere in the middle ages the chant the goldsmith's work the panels the sculptures the tissues were all attractive the liturgies possessed to give them value fabulous caskets but all that is far off but you certainly cannot say replied monsieur bruno with a smile that the church ornaments are ugly here no they are exquisite first the chasubles have not the shapes of a miner's apron and they do not hoist themselves up on the shoulders of the priest that excrescence that puffing like the ear of a little donkey lying back which the vestment makers use at paris nor is it any more that cross in stripe or woven filling all the stuff falling like a sack-coat over the back of the celebrant the trappist chasubles have kept the old form as the old image-makers and the old painters preserved them in their religious scenes and that cross with four leaves like those which the gothic style chiselled on the walls of its churches is related to the very expanded lotus a flower so full-blown that its falling petals droop without counting pursued durtal that the stuff which seems cut in a sort of flannel or thick soft felt must have been plunged in threefold dyes for it takes a depth and a magnificent clearness of tone the religious trimming makers could trim these watered and plain silks with silver and gold yet never attained to give a colour at once so vehement and so familiar to the eye as that crimson with sulphur-yellow flowers which father maximin wore the other day yes and the morning chasuble with its lobed crosses and its discreet white fullings in which the father abbot vested himself the day on which he communicated us is it not also a caress for the eyes durtal sighed ah if the statues in the chapel showed a like taste by the way said the oblate come and salute that notre dame de latre of which i have spoken to you found among the remains of the old cloister they rose from table passed along a corridor and struck into a lateral gallery at the end of which they stopped before a statue of life-size in stone it was heavy and massive representing in a robe of long folds a peasant woman crowned and round-cheeked holding on her arm a child who blessed a ball but in this portrait of a robust peasant woman sprung from burgundy or flanders there was a candour a goodness almost tumultuous which sprang from her smiling face her innocent eyes her good and large lips indulgent ready for all forgiveness she was a rustic virgin made for the humble lay-brothers she was not a great lady who could hold them at a distance but she was indeed the nursing mother of their souls their true mother how was it they had not understood her here how instead of presiding in the chapel did she grow chill at the end of a corridor cried durtal the oblate turned the conversation i warn you he said that benediction will not take place after vespers as your placard indicates but directly after complinet this latter office will therefore be advanced a quarter of an hour at least and the oblate went up into his cell while durtal went towards the large pond there he lay down on a bed of dry reed looking at the water which broke in wavelets at his feet the coming and going of these limited waters folding back on themselves yet never overpassing the basin they had hollowed for themselves led him on into long reveries he said to himself that a river was the most exact symbol of the active life one follows it from its source through all its courses across the territories it fertilizes it has fulfilled its assigned task before it dies immersing itself in the gaping sepulchre of the seas but the pond that tamed water imprisoned in a hedge of reeds which it has itself caused to grow in fertilizing the soil of its bank has concentrated itself lived on itself not seemed to achieve any known work save to keep silence and reflect on the infinite of heaven still water troubles me continued durtal it seems to me that unable to extend itself it grows deeper and that while running waters borrow only the shadows of things they reflect it swallows them without giving them back most certainly in this pond is a continued and profound absorption of forgotten clouds of lost trees even of sensations seized on the faces of monks who hung over it this water is full and not empty like those which are distracted in wandering about the country and in bathing the towns it is a contemplative water in perfect accord with the recollected life of the cloisters the fact is he concluded that a river would have here no meaning it would only be passing would remain indifferent and in a hurry would be in all cases unfit to pacify the soul which the monastic water of the ponds appeases. Ah, in founding Notre-Dame de l'Atre Saint Bernard knew how to fit the Cistercian rule and the site. But we must leave these fancies, he said, rising, and remembering that it was Sunday, he transferred himself to Paris and revisited in thought his halts on his day in the churches. In the morning, Saint Severin enchanted him, but he ought not to thrust himself into that sanctuary for the other officers vespers there were botched and mean and if it were a feast day the organ-master showed himself possessed by the love of ignoble music occasionally durtal had taken refuge at saint gervais where at least they played at certain times motets of the old masters but that church was as well as saint eustache a paying concert where faith had nothing to do no recollection was possible in the midst of ladies who fainted behind their faces in their hands and grew agitated in creaking chairs These were frivolous assemblies for pious music a compromise between the theatre and god saint sulpice was better where at least the public was silent there moreover vespers were celebrated with more solemnity and less haste in general the seminary reinforced the choir and rendered by this imposing choir they rolled on majestically sustained by the grand organ chanted only in half and not in unison reduced to a state of couplets given some by a baritone others by the choir they were twisted and frizzled by a curling iron but as they were not less adulterated at the other churches there was every advantage in listening to them at saint-sulpice whose powerful choir very well led had not as for example at notre dame those dusty voices which break at the least whisper this only became really odious when with a formidable explosion the first strophe of the magnificat struck the arches the organ then swallowed up one stanza out of two and under the seditious pretext that the length of the office of incensing was too long to be filled up entirely by singing monsieur vidor seated at his desk rolled forth stale fragments of music splashed about above imitating the human voice and the flute the bagpipe and the bassoon or indeed tired of affectations he blew furiously on the keys ending by imitating the roll of locomotives over iron bridges letting all the stops go and the choir-master not wishing to show himself inferior to the organist in his instinctive hatred of plainchant was delighted when the benediction began to put aside gregorian melodies and make his choristers gurgle rigadoons it was no longer a sanctuary but a howling place the ave maria the ave verum all the mystical indecencies of the late gounod the rhapsodies of old thomas the capers of indigent musicasters, defiled in a chain wound by choir-leaders from Lamoureux chanted unfortunately by children the chastity of whose voices no one feared to pollute in these middle-class passages of music these byways of art ah thought durtal if only this choir-master who is evidently an excellent musician for indeed when he must he knows how to get executed better than anywhere else in paris the de profundis with organ accompaniment and the dies irae. if only this man would as at saint-gervais give us some palestrina and vittoria some eichinger and allegri some orlando lasso and Dupré, but no he must detest these masters also consider them as archaic rubbish good to send into the dust-heaps and durtal continued what we hear now at paris in the churches is wholly incredible under pretence of managing an income for the singers they suppress half the stanzas of canticles and hymns and substitute to vary the pleasure the tiresome divagations of an organ there they howl the tantum ergo to the austrian national air or what is still worse muffle it up with operatic choruses or refrains from canteens the very text is divided into couplets which are ornamented like a drinking song with a little burthen the other church sequences are treated in the same manner and yet the papacy has formally forbidden in many bulls that the sanctuary should be soiled by those liberties to cite one only john twenty two in his extravagant doctor sanctorum expressly forbade profane voices and music in churches he prohibited choirs at the same time to change chant into fioritori the decrees of the council of trent are not less clear from this point of view and more recently still a regulation of the sacred congregation of rites has intervened to proscribe musical rioting in holy places then what are the parish priests doing who in fact have musical police charge in their churches nothing they laugh at it nor is this a mere phrase but with those priests who hoping for receipts permit on fete days the shameless voices of actresses to dance gambols to the heavy sounds of the organ the poor church has become far from clean at saint-sulpice durtal went on the priest tolerates the villainy of jolly songs which are served up to him but at least he does not like the one at saint-severin allow strolling women players to lighten up the office by the shouts of such voices as remain to them nor has he accepted the solo on the english horn which i heard at saint thomas one evening during the perpetual adoration in short if the grand benedictions at saint-sulpice are a shame the complines remain in spite of their theatrical attitude really charming and durtal thought of those complines of which the paternity is often attributed to saint benedict they were in fact the integral prayer of the evenings the preventive adjuration the safeguard against the attempts of the demon They were in some measure the advanced sentinels of the outposts placed round the soul to protect it during the night. And the regulation of this entrenched camp of prayer was perfect. After the benediction, the best trained voice, the most threadlike of the choir, the voice of the smallest of the children, sang forth the short lesson taken from the first epistle of St. Peter, warning the faithful that they must be sober and watch, not allow themselves to be surprised unexpectedly. A priest then recited the usual evening prayers the choir organ gave the intonation and the psalms fell chanted one by one the twilight psalms in which before the approaches of night peopled with goblins and furrowed by ghosts man calls god to aid and prays him to guard his sleep from the violence of the ways of hell the rape of the lamias that pass and the hymn of saint ambrose the te lucis ante terminum made still more precise the scattered meaning of these psalms gathering it up in its short stanzas unfortunately the most important that which foresees and declares the luxurious dangers of darkness was swallowed up by the full organ this hymn was not rendered in plain chant at saint-sulpice as at la trappe but was sung to a pompous and elaborate air an air full of glory with a certain proud attractiveness originating no doubt in the eighteenth century then there was a pause and man feeling himself more sheltered behind a rampart of prayers recollected himself more assured and borrowed innocent voices to address new supplications to god after the chapter read by the officiant the children of the choir chanted the short response in manus tuus domine commendo spiritum meum which rolled out dividing in two parts then doubled itself and resolved at the last its two separate portions by a verse and part of an antiphon and after that prayer there was still the canticle of simeon who as soon as he had seen the messiah desired to die this nunc dimittis which the church has incorporated in Compline, to stimulate us at eventide to self-examination for none can tell whether he shall wake on the morrow was raised by the whole choir which alternated with the responses of the organ in fact to end this office of a besieged town to take its last dispositions and try to repose in shelter from a violent attack the church built up again a few prayers and placed her parishes under the tutelage of the virgin to whom it chanted one of the four antiphons which follow according to the proper at la trappe complinet was evidently less solemn less interesting than at saint-sulpice concluded durtal for the monastic breviary is for a wonder less complete for that office than the roman breviary as for sunday vespers i am curious to hear them and he heard them but they hardly differed from the vespers adopted by the benedictine nuns of the rue monsieur they were more massive more grave more roman if it may be said for necessarily the voice of women drew them out into sharp points made them like acute archers as it were in gothic style but the gregorian tunes were the same on the other hand they resembled in nothing those at saint-sulpice where the modern sources spoilt the very essences of the plain chants. only the magnificat of la trappe abrupt and with dry tone was not so good as the majestic the admirable royal magnificat chanted at paris these monks are astonishing with their superb voices said durtal to himself and he smiled as they finished the antiphon of our lady for he remembered that in the primitive church the chanter was called fabarius cantor eater of beans because he was obliged to eat that vegetable to strengthen his voice now at la trappe dishes of beans were common perhaps that was the secret of the ever young monastic voices he thought over the liturgy and plain chant while smoking cigarettes in the walks after vespers he brought to mind the symbolism of those canonical hours which recalled every day to the christian the shortness of life in summing up for him its image from infancy to death recited soon after dawn prime was the figure of childhood tierce of youth sext the full vigour of age nonne the approaches of old age while vespers were an allegory of decrepitude they belonged moreover to the nocturnes and were sung about six o'clock in the evening at that hour when at the time of the equinoxes the sun sets in the red cinder of the clouds as for compline, it resounds when night the symbol of death has come this canonical office was a marvellous rosary of psalms every bead of each of these hours bore reference to the different phases of human existence followed little by little the periods of the day the decline of destiny to end in the most perfect of offices in Compline that provisional absolution of a death itself represented by sleep and if from these texts so wisely selected these sequences so solemnly sealed durtal passed to the sacerdotal robe of their sounds to those pneumatic chants that divine psalmody, all uniform, all simple, which is plain chant, he had to admit that except in Benedictine cloisters, an organ accompaniment was everywhere added, that plain chant had been put forcibly in modern tonality, and it disappeared under vegetations which stifled it, became everywhere discoloured, amorphous, and incomprehensible. Only one of its executioners, Niedermeyer, showed himself at least pitiful. He tried a system more ingenious and more honest. He reversed the terms of torture instead of wishing to make plainchant supple and to thrust it into the mould of modern harmony he constrained that harmony to bend itself to the austere tonality of plainchant he thus preserved its character but how far more natural would it have been to leave it solitary and not obliged it to tow an useless companion and awkward following here at least at la trappe it lived and spread in all security without treason on the part of the monks there was always sameness of sound it was always chanted without accompaniment in unison He was able to satisfy himself about this truth once more after supper that evening when at the end of Compline, the father sacristan lighted all the candles on the altar at that moment in the silence of the trappists on their knees their head in their hands or their cheek resting on the sleeve of their great cowl three lay brothers entered two carrying torches and another preceding them with a censer and behind them a few paces came the prior with his hands joined durtal looked at the changed costume of the three brothers they had no longer their robes of serge made of bits and scraps stained mud color but robes of violet brown like plums on which was spread the white twilling of a new surplice while father maximin vested in a cope of milky white woven with a cross in orange yellow placed the host in the monstrance the thurifer put down the censer on the coals of which melted tears of real incense contrary to what takes place in paris where the censer swung before the altar sounds against its chains and is like the clear tinkling of a horse which as he lifts his head shakes his curb and bit the censer at la trappe remained immovable before the altar and smoked by itself behind the officiants and every one chanted the imploring and melancholy antiphon parque domine then the tantum Mergo, that magnificent song which could be almost acted so clear in their changes are the sentiments which succeed each other in their rhymed sequence in the first stanza it seems indeed to shake the head gently to put forward the chin so to speak so as to affirm the insufficiency of the senses to explain the dogma of the real presence the finished avatar of the bread it is then admiring and reflective then that melody so attentive so respectful does not wait to affirm the weakness of the reason and the power of faith but in the second stanza it goes forward adores the glory of the three persons exults with joy only recovers itself at the end where the music adds a new sense to the text of saint thomas in avowing in a long and mournful amen the unworthiness of those present to receive the benediction of the flesh placed upon that cross which the monstrance is about to trace in the air and slowly while unrolling its coil of smoke the censer spread as it were a blue gauze before the altar while the blessed sacrament was lifted like a golden moon amid the stars of the tapers sparkling in the growing darkness of that fog the bells of the abbey sounded with musical and sweet strokes and all the monks bowed low with their eyes closed then recovered themselves and intoned the laudate to the old melody which is also sung at notre dame des victoires at the benediction in the evening then one by one having genuflected before the altar they went out while durtal and the oblate returned to the guest-house where father Essien was waiting for them he said to durtal i would not go to bed without knowing how you have borne the day and as durtal thanked him assuring him that this sunday had been very peaceful father Essien smiled and revealed in a word that under their reserved attitude all at la trappe were more interested in their guests than he had himself believed the reverend father abbot and the father prior will be glad when i give them this answer Said the monk, who wished Durtal good night, pressing his hand. End of part two, chapter six.